Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good Friday morning. Tens of millions waking up to nasty winter weather. Storms on both coasts impacting your morning and the weekend. It's March 10th. This is today. On alert, snow set to stretch from the Midwest to New England, creating dangerous commutes while parts of California still buried. Now, brace for dangerous flooding. We've got your full forecast. Breaking overnight, disturbing discovery. Defective loose wheels identified as the possible cause for one of those Norfolk Southern Trail derailments. Its fleet now being inspected after three accidents this month alone. And the company's embattled CEO under fire on Capitol Hill for the toxic spill in Ohio. Will you commit to compensating effective homeowners for their diminished property values? Senator, I'm committing to do what's right. We will have the very latest. The race is on. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis heading to the key state of Iowa today. Donald Trump set to make his own visit there as his legal troubles mount. An invitation to testify before a New York grand jury. Is it a sign that criminal charges could be near? Remembering Robert Blake inside the controversial life of the Emmy-winning actor. Don't do the crime, you can't do the time. Who became infamous later in life for being tried and acquitted in the killing of his own wife, a case that remains unsolved this day. New twist, Alec Murdoch's legal team filing a notice to appeal his convictions. Could he be granted a new trial? What his attorneys are saying this morning. Those stories plus champagne wishes. The countdown is on to Sunday's Oscars and we've got everything you need to know ahead of Hollywood's biggest night of the year today, Friday, March 10th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Was Friday that a big morning. inhale of, of Friday? Don't leave out the Friday portion. Oh, yes. So, yeah, yeah. so nice. And it's a big weekend out in mm-hmm. L.A. Check out the Dolby Theater getting ready for the Oscars. Yeah, I love that they do a champagne carpet out there. Uh, it'll be fun <laughs> to see. I'm, I'm all eyes on Jamie Lee Curtis this weekend. I, I think. know. Yeah. Good luck to her. The mm-hmm. champagne carpet doesn't give you a hangover. I like <laughs> the real thing. Have a lot more on the Oscars coming up, but we'll begin with those two major storms. They're on the move this morning. Yeah, more than uh, 50 million people from coast to coast are now on winter alerts. One storm hitting the Midwest right now, making for a very messy commute. Here's a live look at what drivers are facing at this hour in Detroit. All that wet and snowy weather is headed east. And out west, a so-called atmospheric river is dropping heavy rain and snow on parts of California that have already been inundated. We've got it all covered before you head out the door and make your weekend plans, including Dylan's full forecast. But first, let's get to NBC's Maggie Vespa in a snowy Detroit this morning. Hi, Maggie. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. Yeah, as you can see, it's really coming down here in the Motor City with up to six inches expected by tonight. But as you talked about overnight, a new atmospheric river barreling into the West Coast, dropping heavy rain and snow on parts of California that 
unfortunately, as we know, are already inundated after a record-breaking winter. This storm knocking out power for tens of thousands of people in California overnight and prompting evacuation orders across the state. A state of emergency at this point already declared in 34 counties across that state, including five in the San Francisco Bay Area, where residents are now bracing for potential flooding, landslides and high winds. More than 16 million also currently under flood watch. So all of that in mind, the California uh, California's governor, Gavin Newsom, already asking President Biden to declare a state of emergency, potentially freeing up federal resources for some of the hardest hit areas of that state. And then meanwhile, in the Midwest, again, as you can see, this uh, part of the country also getting inundated. And as this storm rolls through and eventually clears out, we are bracing for another one on the way. A potential second storm set to dump heavy snow in parts of the upper Midwest and high plains late tonight. Savannah. All right, Maggie, thank you very much. That sets us up for Dylan. She's in for Al. Got everything we need to know mm -hmm. as we head into this weekend. Well, good morning, guys. There is a lot going on this weekend from coast to coast. So let's break down uh, where we have all of our winter weather alerts. You can see out in California in the Pacific Northwest through the northern plains with the next storm system moving in through the Great Lakes for the current storm and then into the northeast as that storm moves eastward. We're also concerned with flooding out west and very windy conditions on the backside of that storm moving through the west coast. Want to focus on what's going on in Detroit, though, where we do have that heavy snow falling. That's going to last for the next several hours. We've had just over an inch of snow in Chicago, and things will wind down. But this is moving eastward, and the storm is going to intensify off the coast. So as we go through the day, snow will spread through New York State, through Pennsylvania. We'll see more of a rain situation along that I-95 corridor. But on the backside of this storm, where the cold air surges in, that's when we'll change over to some snow. Still not looking at blockbuster snowfall totals here. I mean, back through Detroit, maybe two to four inches. The higher elevations through western Pennsylvania and through western New York State, that's where we could see about four to six inches with some isolated higher amounts. Also, some enhancement off of Lake Erie that could produce some higher amounts too. But in the northeast, I'd say about two inches just to the north of uh, New York City as we go through tonight into early tomorrow morning. want to point out the west coast, though. This is a storm system that isn't going to bring a whole lot of snow, but is going to bring some flooding rain, and we'll get into the details of that coming up in just a little bit, Hoda. All right, Dylan, thank you so much. Uh, also this morning, new details are coming to light tied to that series of derailments involving Norfolk Southern trains and the potential cause of at least one of those accidents. NBC's Jesse Kirsch joins us now from Ohio. Jesse, what are you learning? Hoda, we've learned of what Norfolk Southern is calling an urgent safety issue, saying that while cleaning up the derailment in Springfield, Ohio, on Sunday, it discovered a specific group of rail cars, a specific type of rail car that had loose wheels, an issue that could cause a derailment. The company has not said if the loose wheels were involved in causing the derailment in Springfield, haven't said if these cars were involved in any way in the derailment in East Palestine from last month, but the company says after finding multiple issues of unusual wheel movement, with these cars, it has removed them from service for repair. The company says it has notified federal authorities, says it has notified the manufacturer and says multiple railroads use this type of car with an industry industry group now advising all railroads to not use this car for the time being. This comes after yet another Norfolk Southern derailment, this one in Alabama yesterday. There are no reports of hazardous leaks or of injuries in that instance, and we still don't have word on a cause in that derailment either, Hoda. Now, these new uh, details coming to light just as the CEO was grilled on Capitol Hill yesterday. What did he have to say? 
Yeah, so Hoda, we heard an apology. We heard more of what we've heard from him previously, which is a promise that Norfolk Southern will do right by the East Palestine community. But there weren't many specifics, including when the CEO was pressed on if the company would reimburse people for perceived property value losses. Here's part of that heated exchange. A family that had a home worth $100,000 that is now worth $50,000 We'll probably never be able to sell that home for 100000 again. Will you compensate that family for that loss? Senator, I'm committed to do what's right. That is the right thing to do. He would not outright make the commitment, though, to reimbursing those property value losses. The EPA was also scrutinized at that hearing. As we continue to see in this community, in East Palestine, in that community specifically, people questioning both the government and the railroad, Hoda. All right, Jesse Kirsch for us there. Jesse, thank you. Much more to get to, including the Republican presidential race, the focus over the next few days on the key state of Iowa. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's yet to declare, is making his debut there today with Donald Trump, traveling there on Monday. NBC's Dasha Burns is in Davenport, Iowa, for us this morning. Dasha, good morning. As mentioned, Ron DeSantis has not made an official announcement, but going to Iowa is kind of, tell me you're running without telling me you're running. Right. That's right, Savannah. Good morning. It's a great question. What are we looking for from DeSantis here in Iowa? Look, this tour, this stop is largely a part of his tour promoting his new memoir, which is a playbook of Florida policies that he calls a blueprint for America's revival. And it's been a vehicle for his message. So expect him to talk about what he sees as the biggest successes in Florida under his administration and how that could apply here in Iowa and nationally. And the book, by the way, is topping the New York Times bestseller list and is beating out books from Trump and Obama in his first week of sales. His next stop is Nevada, which is also a major primary state. But here in Iowa, Savannah, it is all about the retail politics. Voters here take their duties very seriously. They want those handshakes. They want direct answers. So this is going to be a first major test to see how DeSantis appeals to voters outside of Florida, Savannah. And as mentioned, former President Trump will also visit Iowa on Monday. But let's talk about this legal trouble he now faces, an invitation to come before a grand jury. What does that signify? Yeah, that's right. Trump has been invited to testify before a grand jury in an investigation into hush money payments uh, made to film actress, adult film actress Stormy Daniels ahead of the 2016 election. Now, he has not been forced to appear. And two lawyers tell NBC News that he was not told criminal charges would be forthcoming. Trump reacting to the news overnight, insisting he did nothing wrong and he never had an affair. Now, when it comes to his stop here in Iowa, we'll, we'll be looking for is the contrast that he might strike between his would-be rival, Ron DeSantis. His advisor tells me that we should expect to hear a lot about what Trump sees as the biggest policy differences between him and the governor, issues like Social Security and Medicaid. He is not expected to make any direct attacks at Ron DeSantis, but of course we know Trump can go off script. And there's a fresh poll out in Iowa this morning, Savannah, that shows some love 
for Trump slipping and DeSantis gaining momentum here in Iowa. Savannah. All right. We'll see what happens. Dasha, thank you. A shooting at a Jehovah's Witness Hall in Hamburg, Germany, has left at least seven people dead, including the gunman. Several others were hurt. It happened last night during a congregation gathering. Police say when officers arrived at the scene, the shooter turned the gun on himself. They say he was a 35-year-old German citizen and a former member of the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, witnesses, investigators are still looking for a motive. We've got an update this morning on Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. He remains hospitalized after that fall at a Washington hotel. His office now revealing Senator McConnell is being treated for a concussion. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles has the story. Ryan, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. And the good news is that Senator, Senator McConnell is said to be conscious and in good spirits. What's unclear right now, though, is how long it will be before he gets back to work. He is one of the most powerful people in the United States Senate. Republicans say enough is enough. And this morning, Senator Mitch McConnell is on the sidelines, recovering from a concussion suffered after a fall during an event at the Waldorf Astoria in Washington, D.C. McConnell, the longest serving leader in Senate history, is on the mend, but his hospital stay could be several days. His return, uncertain. His colleagues are counting on him to be back soon. I know Mitch pretty well, and he's tough as a boot. I think everybody in the Senate uh, is thinking about Mitch and hoping he uh, gets well quick. The length of McConnell's absence will determine just how big of an impact it'll have on the business of the Senate. McConnell expected to drive the conversation for Senate Republicans on key legislative showdowns like the debt ceiling and the battle over the budget. There's a lot of negotiations that take place between Leader Schumer and Leader McConnell as to what will come to the floor and what will be the process, and, um, and no one does it better than Mitch. This isn't McConnell's first health scare. In 2003, the senator underwent heart surgery and in 2019 fractured his shoulder after a different fall. He turned 81 in February. His colleagues from both sides of the aisle are hoping for a swift return, including his longtime colleague in the Senate, who's now in the White House. I've spoken to the family. I think he's going to be all right. And it seems as though even McConnell's Senate colleagues are not getting much information about his recovery. They were briefed during their lunch yesterday. The Senate is not in session today. They won't be back here in Washington until next Tuesday. Savannah? All right. Ryan Nobles on Capitol Hill. Thanks, Ryan. Meantime, controversial actor Robert Blake has died. For more than 60 years, he starred in TV shows and movies, most notably the popular 70s series Beretta. But his legacy was tarnished following the unsolved murder of his second wife, in which he was acquitted. NBC's Ann Thompson has more. Hey, Ann, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Drama marked Robert Blake's life both on screen and off as a child actor, a TV star, and ultimately a murder suspect in the killing of his wife. It was a life marked by fame and infamy. Don't do the crime, you can't do the time. It's the role that defined Robert Blake's TV career as the tough streetwise police detective Beretta, who was fond of disguises and carried a pet cockatoo on his shoulder. But in 2004, Blake starred in a real-life crime drama that captivated the nation. When he was tried for the 2001 shooting death of his second wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, she was killed in Blake's car outside an Italian restaurant after the two had dined together. 
The trial had sex, stars, and Blake's unusual defense that he could not have shot his wife because he had returned to the restaurant to get a handgun he inadvertently left in a booth. Not guilty. A jury ultimately found him not guilty of the crime, but Bakley's family was later awarded $30 million in a wrongful death suit that left the actor bankrupt. As a youngster, Blake was on TV and in movies. First is one of the little rascals in the Our Gang comedies. Put this on him. That'll make him thirsty. And later alongside Humphrey Bogart. Senor. Selling him a crucial lottery ticket in the classic film The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Blake grew into adult roles, disturbing audiences with his chilling portrayal of a murderer in the Truman Capote classic In Cold Blood. I'd like to apologize. As Blake's popularity rose, he was a frequent guest on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Blake gained a reputation as one of Hollywood's finest actors, but also one of its most difficult. Something he alluded to here on Today back in 1985. When I got through with Beretta, I was a wreck. And I went out and I blew a couple of movies and I blew a lot of other stuff. And I didn't work for a couple of years. Blake was admittedly self-destructive, addicted to booze and drugs. His character is so much like him in many ways, even now leaving some wondering what was acting and what was real. His family this morning says Blake, who was 89 years old, died of heart disease. All right, Anne. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Newly released video shows the dramatic moments a murder suspect escaped from an Oregon courthouse. It happened last month just outside Portland. You can see a deputy removing the restraints from the suspect and then moments later... He bolts for the door because the courtroom was on the first floor. He was able to get outside the front door quickly before security could stop him. About two hours later, police were able to track him down and take him into custody after receiving a tip that he was hiding in a stranger's apartment. Wow. All right. uh, 716. Let's let's head over to Dylan and check on the weather. Hey, Dylan. Hey, guys. There's just so much going on across the United States today. We've got flooding rain falling right now across central California. Some snow in the highest elevations. It's sunny and a little bit cooler than average back through the middle of the country. Temperatures in the 40s and 50s. We also have a chance of some stronger storms down through the southeast today, and we're watching the snow move through Michigan and will eventually move into the northeast as we continue through today and into the overnight hours. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you so much. Just ahead, Alec Murdoch ready to appeal his conviction for the murders of his wife and son. We'll break down the new court documents just filed by his attorneys. Plus, most of us will spring forward this weekend. We're going to lose an hour of sleep, but we get more daylight, so that's good. But what <laughs> we ask every year, could this be one of the last times we'll ever have to change the clocks? And inside, look at where that great debate stands now. But first, this is Today on NBC. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to begin this half hour with new developments in the high-profile trial and conviction of Alec Murdoch. His legal team has now filed a three-page notice of appeal with the South Carolina Court of Appeals. In a tweet, defense attorney Dick Harputlian calling it the next step in the legal process to fight for Alec's constitutional right to a fair trial. And of course, this comes one week after Murdoch was found guilty of murdering his wife and son and sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. Here to break it all down, NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. Okay, so Laura, this is not the appeal itself. Right. This is the notice to appeal. It's a placeholder. Did we learn how uh, the defense plans to appeal? What grounds? Well, I should say, first off, they're facing a pretty uphill battle on this. These almost never get overturned, especially when you have a jury verdict that's heard this much evidence over a six-week trial. It's rare. Having said that, they're going to focus on the fact that the judge let in all of that evidence of the financial crimes, that he had all of this motive to commit these murders. Now, again, it's going to be hard to prove that you could actually get a new trial on that because it's not clear that the financial evidence even made a difference. You talked to the jurors. What did they say? The key was the fact that he was on videotape near the scene of the crime just before the murders. And so the judges on appeal are going to look at this and say, it's not clear that the financial evidence would have made any difference. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the issue with an appeal. Not only yeah. do you have to show that there was a mistake, a legal mistake made by the judge by letting in this evidence, you also have to show that it made a difference. It's exactly. the whole concept of, you know, there could be an error, but it might be a harmless error. And that's exactly what the prosecution will say. And of course, on appeal, you're not hearing any new evidence. You're not hearing any new testimony. It's based purely on arguments and on the papers. And so if that's all that they have, and we, of course, haven't seen their papers yet, but if that's all that they have, it's going to be a really hard case to make. Speaking of the financial crimes, he still faces a rash of charges in those cases. And it seems the prosecutor plans to try him on those, even though he's already in prison for life. Right. Even though he's already gone behind bars for life, the prosecution has some 99 different financial, alleged financial fraud. And remember, when he took the stand in this case, in the murder case, he admitted on the stand to a lot of that financial evidence. All of that would come in in a subsequent trial. And that was part of the danger. Now, of course, he made the calculation um, that hopefully he would not have been convicted. But now that he has and the prosecution wants to go after him for that financial fraud in front of the very same judge that has sentenced him to life in prison. Again, a hard case. Perhaps he'll strike a plea deal on that and the prosecution won't go forward. But if there were a plea deal on the criminal case with regard to the financial, there might be an implication for some civil cases that could be pending against exactly. him. Exactly. And, and, and it's unclear exactly where those stand and 
a, a lot of them still remain pending. All right. We'll watch uh, the, what happens with this appeal. Laura, thank yep. you very much. Sure. All right. Still ahead. We're getting you ready. Getting you ready for Sunday night's Oscars. The previewing, the favorites, the fashions. We're going to go live from this year's champagne carpet. <laughs> All right. But first, Emily Aketa will take us inside the renewed debate over daylight saving time as most of us are prepared to spring forward this weekend. Hi, Emily. Hi. Millions across the country are bracing for that Monday morning grogginess after we lose an hour of sleep. But will this be the last time we have to deal with the time shift? A growing number are calling to lock the clock. We'll have details on that coming up. Back now, 737 this morning on In-Depth Today, one of the first signs of spring. Yes, most of us will be turning the clocks ahead this weekend. A lost hour of sleep, sure, but also more daylight in the afternoons to enjoy. And, of course, the time change always comes with that debate. Everyone always wonders, do we still need to be doing this? Like clockwork, turning we have them this back debate exactly. every year. Emily Akeda is here with more on this. Hey, Em. Hey, guys. We're back again. Good morning. The clock could be ticking on the twice-a-year tradition that dates back to the early 1900s. The concept was introduced as a war time measure to help the country conserve energy. But many today argue the flip-flopping is doing more harm than good. It's that time of year again. At 2 a.m. Sunday, clocks spring forward one hour. The twice-a-year time-traveling tradition has plenty of people sounding off from the big screen to perhaps more fittingly on TikTok. Don't get me wrong, I'm excited to have the sun setting later in the day again, but why can't it just be like that all year round? Every March, we spring forward to daylight saving time to allow for more light in the evenings. That's when we lose an hour of sleep. Eight months later, we fall back to standard time to provide more light when we wake up. But for many, shifting schedules can take a toll on their body clocks. Research shows a spike in car crashes, heart attacks, strokes, and workplace injuries in the days around the time shifts. We're talking about one hour of time, but you're saying it actually can have serious consequences? It really can. Yeah, we are creatures of habit and our bodies are meant to do certain things at certain times. Now everything just gets shifted by an hour and it takes longer for our bodies to adjust to it. The majority of Americans would do away with the time changes, according to a new poll, and more people would prefer locking the clock on daylight saving time. It's kind of like confusing having half the world doing it and half the world like not doing that. I'd be happy to see it go away. Just makes everything a little bit easier, I think, if it went away. Congress is considering making that happen, reintroducing the bipartisan Sunshine Protection Act. But some critics point out we've tried year-round daylight saving time before, which after a string of morning traffic accidents in the 1970s, lasted less than a year. Author of Seize the Daylight, David Perrao, believes we should embrace the current system. Even with the problems some people have with the time change, I still think that the current system is the best alternative. Now we'll just have to wait and see if the sun will set on the time-changing tradition. So when Senator Rubio first introduced the bill several years ago, there were no co-sponsors. This year, the latest version has 14. Still, the chances for a majority appear dim. So at this point, you'll have to move to Arizona or Hawaii if you're hoping to escape the time shifts. The only two states without them. 
Stay strong, Arizona. Right. Yeah, let's okay. go, Emily. Thank you. We're going to bring in Dr. Carol Ash. She's a sleep sleep expert with the RWJ uh, Barnabas Health. Good morning. Good to see you, Dr. Ash. Hi. This debate, we do this every, every year. year. We're like, are we going to end daylight saving time? <laughs> and yet, here we are, year after year. Why? What's the What's the answer to why not change it? Well, there's no argument yeah. that we need to get rid of changing the clocks because every time we adjust the clocks, even that hour, that abrupt change, it's difficult for the internal clock in our brain to adjust that quickly. So and wait, are you saying that so we shouldn't be we should making the clocks clock. go back we and forth? Leave it we alone. should leave it alone. But we should leave it alone and stay on standard time, not daylight saving so time. So why is that? Yeah, well, what's the t- I never can. I'm from Arizona. Like I, This blows my mind. The what, key, what's the, key, the difference? The key is understanding that standard time is designed to be aligned with your physiology. So there's a clock in your brain, right? Oh, yeah. And it's the clock in your brain. The strongest center of that clock is the sun. And when the sun comes up in the morning, that's how that clock is set. And that clock maintains all the rhythms for wake and sleep and your hormones and even the expression of your genes. So maintaining daylight in the morning and dark at night is best for Mm. our health and well-being. When we do change the clocks, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, my kids, it was so crazy. They got up at this hour. I feel like my kids once a week or twice a week lose an hour just because of life, because of a cold (laughs) or because they went to bed late or whatever. Why does this have such a lasting impact? Well, as you're pointing out, we all have bad habits. Our sleep environment is not always conducive to sleep. That one hour change, what it does is it causes release of inflammatory substances. It's very stressful on the body. The heart rate goes up. The blood pressure goes up. And studies have actually shown that the two days after daylight savings time, that change, that there's an increase in heart attacks, strokes. What? Yes. At car accidents. Just one hour? Just that one hour. Incredibly stressful. So that's that's why no more changing and we need to stick to standard time. Is there anything you'd suggest to kind of make, since we're stuck with it for the moment? Yeah. um, What, you know, just to manage it better? Well, you can prepare. I mean, obviously, um, we're, we're right on top of daylight savings time. You really should start a week before, but you still can change your your schedule 15 minutes a night. You want to go to bed earlier so that you can acclimate to this abrupt change. Starting now or so even tonight, just 50, oh. go to bed 15, 20 minutes earlier tonight. But it's Friday night, Dr. Ash. <laughs> we stay up till what? 839 on Friday night? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The doctor's no fun. But you really want to stick to that. And in the morning, it's very critical to expose yourself to light, right? And you could try like a, a relaxing bedtime routine at night because it's hard to fall asleep and, you know, move your time earlier. But yeah. most of us are sleep deprived and will fall asleep readily. Can we ask just the age-old question? What's the right amount of sleep we're supposed to get a night? Just seven to eight hours. Seven to eight? Okay. Seven okay. to eight and a regular schedule. Key. Okay. Let's just say you wake up before the sun every day asking anyway. for a friend. Um, do, do those fake lights, you know, those little yes. light oh, sources, yeah. like, do those work? Is that a good thing to do? Natural light is always best. It's the it's the strongest setter of that clock in your brain. Yeah. But yes, those those lights, those commercial lights they are can helpful. Help? They can absolutely help. So you want to wake up in the morning, really expose yourself to light and set that clock. Do you think we'll ever see the day where Congress says, yeah, you know what, let's end daylight saving time? I know. It's an interesting debate. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, yeah. I hope we do see the point in time where we do end it. Okay. But from, yeah, from a medical standpoint, <laughs> exactly. makes sense. Bye-bye. Dr. Ash, thank you. We're going to see you. Back here next week, we've got a series. It's called Sleep 
better today. We just like even just saying yes. it. Uh, we're going to help people do just we're that. We're obsessed with sleep around here. Yeah. We're going to bust through a whole bunch of myths out there. We're going to set, set it all straight. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Let's mm-hmm. get a check of the weather from Sleepless in <laughs> downtown New York with three sons. Oh, yes. Always sleepless. Thanks, boys, for that one. Uh, we are going to see a really kind of dangerous situation out in California. We have flood watches and uh, flood watches in effect for right now across California. The rain has been coming down since yesterday. It's going to continue through central California. Heavy at times. It'll move, uh, continue to move inland and away from the coast as we go through the day today. I want to point out that there is a high risk for flooding, and this is a concern and a warning that is issued very, very rarely. And when it is issued, it needs to be taken very seriously because it's extremely dangerous. There is a lot of rain headed this way. As much as 6 to 12 inches of rain along the coast, that will lead to your classic flooding uh, just because that's just so much water. But I want to point out this 6 to inches in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. That rain is falling on tons of snow that's on the ground. It acts like a sponge. It absorbs all that water and that leads to snow melt. It leads to runoff, possible mudslides and avalanches. So that is going to be a major concern. And then you go up above 8,000 feet, even higher up into the mountains. And there's a chance we could end up with eight feet of snow, additional snowfall. So this is going to be a very serious situation today and tomorrow. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Dylan, thank you. Just ahead, an unwanted spring break visitor taking over beaches in Florida. The red tide, that's what they call it. A closer look at its impact on people, animals, and the events it's already causing to be canceled. Coming up, our early bird friend, Jamie Lee Curtis. You guys asked Jamie Lee this question. She made a great point about why aren't there like rock concerts in the daytime? Yeah, matinee. Well, a lot of people uh, weighed in on that, including some fellow celebrities. We'll help tell you all about it in Popstar. Oh, my gosh. We have to start like a change. It's starting a trend. (laughs) All right. Then we've got a conversation with the cast of Champions, Woody Harrelson and his amazing co-stars. Cannot wait to introduce you to all of them. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.